0: Welcome to Dialogues with Creators. This podcast tries to explore all kinds of creativity and creative work. Our fifth guest expresses his creativity through performing and directing other performers on stage. His resume includes acting in England, professional directing, and teaching. Chad Daniel of Dalton, Georgia sat down with me, Barbara Tucker, to discuss creative expression in the theater. Currently, chad is the executive director of the artistic civic theater of dalton georgia in this halloween season you should check out the classic creepy comedy arsenic and old lace being performed at the act on october 21st 22nd 27th 28th and 29th at seven thirty, and october 23rd at two o'clock check out their website actdalton.org now for the podcast Welcome to Dialogues with Creators with your host, Barbara Tucker, that's me. Our mission on Dialogues with Creators is to talk to creators and creative people in the North Georgia and Tennessee Valley region who work in a variety of endeavors. So far, we've spoken to a humorist, a screenwriter turned filmmaker, a freelance writer in her second career, a financial advisor turned author and originator of a writer's conference, and we hope to engage historians, educators, musicians, visual artists, filmmakers, and other types of creators. Our driving thesis is that creativity is not limited to the arts and can be seen in all of life because life is the stuff of creativity. It's where we draw from. I always stop here to recognize our sound engineer, producer, and all-round support staff, Clemencia Villafuerte. Greet the audience, Clemencia. Hi everyone, it's Clemencia. I'm excited for you all to join us today and I'm excited to explore a new side of creativity with our guests. I hope you all enjoy. Thank you. For this episode, our guest is Mr. Chad Daniel. His current position is as Executive Director of the Artistic Civic Theater in Dalton, Georgia. But Chad has done a lot more in his career. Welcome to the podcast, Chad.
1: You say hi. Yeah, that's not my line. (laughs) Hi.
0: (laughs) I told him not to make me laugh, and he already did. (laughs) My introduction to Jed came maybe six years ago through a former theater professor at Dalton State and the Creative Arts Guild in Dalton. I like my guests to feel free to introduce themselves and their work before I get into the conversations. So take it away, Chad Daniel.
1: So I'm Chad Daniel, I'm uh, from Nashville, Tennessee. and Fort Gibson, Mississippi, simultaneously, I grew up going back and forth. Um, I got into theater. My first play was in the fourth grade. I played, no, my first play was four years old. I played Santa Claus, a really young Santa Claus, before he took off in the North Pole. So um, my mother was a dance teacher, and she put me in her dance recital. And I've always loved the theater and performing. Um, I was cursed in the sense. That my family, my whole family is in the arts um, and uh, it was a really important part of my life. So none of us have any money, but uh, um, we we have a fun life. Um, I started getting serious about acting in college um, at University of Southern Mississippi. Um, my friend was like, do you love to act? Why don't you major in theater? And I was like, can you major in theater? And you can. And um, I never looked back. I Um, the program I was in was really movement-based and classical theater-based. I cut my teeth on Shakespeare and Chekhov and Ibsen and um, Tennessee Williams and all of the classics, um, Arthur Miller, Eugene O'Neill, Moliere, Marlowe. We did a lot of classical theater and then we went all the way back to the Greeks, which was such an amazing experience. You wouldn't think a little school tucked in, uh, Southern Mississippi, the University of Southern Mississippi. I always wondered how they came up with that name. It was like a bunch of guys sitting around they're like, I don't think the University of Mississippi is quite Southern enough. Let's add Southern Mississippi to that. So, um, but it's a great school, great experience. And then I left and did a show in Pennsylvania that was close to New York. And I started going into New York while I was doing that show and just having a, a great time there. Um, and then I started auditioning there and then I moved to New York for a few years, um, in 1999 and there were dinosaurs roaming the streets at that point. Um, which was great. Um, and I, uh, just, I had a great time. Um, I did a lot of theater while I was there. And then I moved to Austin. Well, no, moved to Los Angeles for a little while. And then I moved to Austin, Texas, where I taught school. Um, I had a great time there. Um, One too good of a time in Austin. It was wonderful, wonderful experience. Lots of theater. I called it garage band theater because people would just put on plays wherever they could find a space. Um, Sometimes it was in a theater, and sometimes it was in a restaurant, and sometimes it was in a garage, and sometimes wherever we could find um, to do theater. And that was just a wonderful experience. We had to play drums in a band and explore that side of my creativity, and um, it was wonderful. So after that, I um, had um, an opportunity to audition for Southern Methodist University in Dallas, which is a wonderful program in my My friend, Scott Openshaw, just finished his MFA. And so I told him about you. They want to see you. So I went up to Dallas and auditioned for SMU. And he said, um, he told me, he said, they probably won't give you an answer for a little bit. And I went there and they offered me a spot in the class after my audition that day. And so I was like, ooh, I better take this. Even though I wasn't quite ready for graduate school, I jumped in with both feet and... Um, and then after graduate school moved back to New York, back to LA, back to New York, to Dallas, back to New York. So I was all over the place, wherever I could find a show. Um, and then I realized during all that, I loved teaching. So, um, in graduate school, our assistantship was to teach, um, assistant teach whatever professor they chose for us and then to teach. So I taught introduction to acting and I taught movement I just fell in love with teaching. At a college level, that is. Um, I tried high school one time and that was not a good fit. But um, at a college level, it was wonderful. So I started teaching at a college level and then um, got a lot of adjuncts, jobs, and got married and moved to a small town and had a baby. Well, she had a baby. I, I didn't. Um, but I had, a great, I had a son and settled down and said, I want to teach. And um, I'm not retired from acting. Um, I am doing... Shakespeare Connesaga Coalition uh playing Demetrius in Midsummer Night's Dream. Um and uh doing that. So I still act and every chance I get, but it's just not on a as much of a professional level as it once was. My main goal was teaching, and um I worked at Dalton State for a little bit, and then I got this job at um Artistic Civic Theater. I'm the executive director there. Um so I'm doing that now and running a theater and learning all about that aspect of the arts. And there's an art to running a theater that I'm still trying to figure out.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. And I'm going to dig into some of your answers there. It's interesting. You, of course, you said some things that I didn't know about you, even though I worked with you. Um, you said that when you went to college, your major wasn't theater at first?
1: No, no. It was, it was, I was deciding to go to college and that, while I was doing that. I was, I was like, I need to major in something. And I <laughs> like, theater, should do theater, because I'm hilarious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you are. <laughs> so did you live the life of a starving artist for a while? Like those, um, I always think of the movie Tootsie, where they're working in the uh, restaurant
1: I have, I'm still living the life of a starving artist. I mean, I make good money, but yes, I did. I did all that. I worked in, I never dressed like a woman, um, and got on a soap opera. I would have to get on a soap opera, (laughs) give me a dress and a wig and I'd have been on that soap opera. You would have Um, looked great. I would. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I did it. I did the cliche. I waited tables. I was a terrible waiter. I was the, you never wanted to get me as a waiter because i forget that you ordered anything or, you know, I get mad that you sat in my section because I wanted to go home. So, um, but yes, I did.
0: So you were in New York. You, you weren't there during, uh, 9 11, were you? No, I've just missed it. Um, I, I left
1: and, uh, left in 2000. Um, so I just missed it. Okay.
0: Did, uh, You know, people often talk about stereotypes of the difference of the arts in New York and L.A. Did you see that? Oh, they're night and day. They're two different worlds. You know, the typical Woody Allen, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff.
1: New York is one of those places that you go. It's like going to Europe. It's everything you expect. It's just a different world. It's a beautiful concrete jungle. I mean, it is gorgeous. Manhattan is gorgeous. And then you go out into Queens and Brooklyn and the Bronx and they have their own. Beauty LA was one of those places that kind of looks like a big shopping mall in a sense, in a lot of ways you go into the Valley and it's, it's beautiful. Geographically, um, the city is, there's not, it's not like, until you get to downtown LA, it's not super filled with super tall buildings. Like you would see in New York because of the earthquakes and, um, and it's just a different, a different world. They're both, I love them both for different reasons um los angeles uh i was a personal trainer there so i was working in the gym and i was you know having a great time but i kind of lost my focus there because i was having so good so much fun i didn't focus on getting an agent as much as i should have or there's no theater in oh, los okay. angeles really there there's small pockets of it but nothing nothing on the scale of even atlanta right? right
0: you know, it's just no theater so did you did you try to get into film things i did i had some good um
1: luck as far as getting to meet casting directors i just didn't stick around long enough i met with um patrick cunningham who's the head of bet casting um mike fenton who was the he cast everything in the 80s and 90s um he was a big casting director so my dad had a lot of connections because he was in the music business and he set me up to meet with both those guys. And they were, you know, Mike Fenton was like, You got to pay your dues, man. You've been here six months. I can't do anything for you at this point, but give it some time. And then Patrick Cunningham was like, I was like, uh, Is there a lot of roles for me? Um, and he's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so right after that, I, I got discouraged and left. And he, Patrick Cunningham called me. He's, He's like, where are you? And I said, I'm in Austin, Texas. He goes, what are you doing there? And I said, well, I left. And he said, well, never mind. I was going to call you to come in and read for a role. But you left. You know, so anyway, um, my, my issue was always sticking around. But to answer your question, yes, they're two different.
0: Two hmm. different wow. So having lived that life, what advice would you give to someone who's in college right now and, and is a theater major?
1: Change your major. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. Go to law school. No, I'm oh, kidding. Oh yes,
0: that's what we need—more lawyers. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> actors and lawyers—we both pretend to tell the truth. Um, no, I—I um, I would tell them decide how much you love it. You know, because it is a hard. There's a lot of aspects of it that are that are difficult. You know, you're you're gonna have you're not going to make a lot of money. You might eventually. Um, So remember, if you're in it to be a star, you're in it to be a movie star, then go play the lottery because you have a better chance of winning that than you do being a movie star. A lot of being a movie star is not about perseverance. It's not about talent. It's not about look. It's about being in the right place at the right time and knowing the right people. But if you love it and you want to do it because you love it, like I did, then keep doing it. Um, Just keep moving forward. Do well in your classes. Get a good GPA. There's a lot of demand for people with theater degrees because they're so creative. And so it's not a a degree in theater is is can be a a big help. Um, If you want to act, just do it. Um, Just keep moving forward and don't get discouraged because there's going to be a lot of people who will tell you you're not good enough. And it's just the way it is. But one day you'll find that person who says you are good enough. And then that's the person you split and then you move up from there. Um, so.
0: one, one thing that I often think of when, you know, uh, we've kind of talked about this before, but theater is, and of course film is too, but theater is very much collaborative art. And it, there's really no room... I mean, we we laugh about the divas and that kind of thing, but you know, you got to be willing to, to do what you got to do, mm-hmm. and especially in like community theater or um, or collegiate theater, if, if you're not just the star, you've got to move props mm-hmm. sometimes too. And um, I've run across some students over the years that they wanted to act, yeah. but they didn't want to touch a prop. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I've run, right, yeah, I've known. I've run them across them here too. Yes, and I did notice at the uh, last play I went to at the ACT, which we'll get to a little later, that the actors were all moving props mm-hmm. <laughs> and sets quite a bit, yeah. and they they weren't too good to do that.
1: Right. So I think that's essential. I mean, you've got to be a team player. You've got to go in because life is a collaboration. If you're hanging out with a group of people and you're always trying to be the leader and you're always trying to run the show they don't want you around mm-hmm. and it's the same way with theater is life i mean that's the thing stanislavski said theater is life it's ephemeral it's it's it lasts a short time and it you have you know one really one opportunity to make the impression that you want to make and people have to believe the character and in order for that to happen, you all have to work together as a bringing the, the world of the play together. Um, you have to listen to each other on the stage, and if you've got one person who's not who feels that they're the star of the show, even if they are the star of the show, it doesn't it doesn't work as well.
0: Yeah, and I would say that probably follows through to any type of creative work, and mm-hmm. not just not only theater. Um, Chad, I. I think, and although I may be wrong, and I want to discuss this as our next point, and I thank you for everything you shared, I feel sometimes that a lot of people separate the creation process in artistic endeavors from the performance part of it. In other words, the composer does the real work of creativity and creation, and the musician, talented though they may be, is not really being creative. First, do you think I'm right in that there there is this false separation in some people's minds, and how do you respond to it?
1: There is no separation. The creativity, if you're working with someone who doesn't allow you to be creative as an actor, if it's a director, composer, whatever it is, if, if that person is not allowing you to be creative, then what you're doing is not art. Um, and the, there has to be creation going back and forth. Just like with the audience. When you're creating in the space, you're responding to what the audience is giving you. Um, You're alive in the moment. That's what makes theater um, so special is you're you're in a communal environment. And the directors from there, from there, from the beginning and with the actors, the director says, all right, I want you to cross from point A to point B. You have to decide why your character is crossing from point A to point B. You have to decide what your character wants. You know, is it a pencil off the table so they can take a note um, about somebody's phone number or something they might forget? Or is it, could it be something uh, more important? Could you be crossing from the uh, point A to point B to get to a phone to find out if you're, you know, if, if you're, someone has died, you know, in the theater, the tricky part is to always make it more important. So that's where the creativity comes in. An audience, the audience comes to a show to watch the important parts of life. Realism is not naturalism. It, realism is the important parts of life. Um, it's the, the heightened moments of life. And it's important that you, create, you creatively create that. And the director can't create it for you. The set designer can't create it for you. The only one who can create it is you. And a good director, the first thing they'll ask you is, what do you want? What does your character want? Um, and that's where the creativity comes in. The collaboration comes in. I always compare theater to music because there's a tempo to it. There's a, an idea of like, are you playing a chord? Are you playing a scale? Are you playing a note? What is your character playing here? Um, what are they communicating? Because um, you're not playing for the audience. You're playing with the the audience. So if there's a laugh, you can't talk over the laugh. You have to hold for the laugh. You have to respond to what's coming back and forth. So you have to do that creatively, too. Um, and there's technical aspects of it, and there's creative aspects of it. Learning to play both elements of that is the tricky part. It's very difficult. It's easy to get up there and memorize and say lines. It's not easy to get up there and to be real and in the moment and, you know, do everything that you're supposed to do, you know, it's, um, and you see people try it all the time. And I tell them, you, you know, you can spot it. An audience knows when they're being hoodwinked and then they know when they're, they're watching something come to life in front of them and the hoodwink can be like, Oh, that was good. But when they're watching something come to life, it's transformative for them. That's where, that's where you change people's hearts and minds is watching it. And you know, come to life. Um, and there's different um, levels of creativity between comedy and drama, and you know, mixing up the two. Great dramas have great comedy. Um, and create, you know, you have to be able to understand those things and how to communicate those things. So, long story uh, yes, um, it's a collaboration with everyone, and it's creative collaboration mm-hmm. first and foremost.
0: You're saying so many things that are interesting to me, and my mind automatically goes to recent events. Um, I was able to watch a a professional actor, woman, we're not supposed to say actress anymore. Um, (laughs) And she was doing a workshop with some of our students last year. And it was, she was doing some improv kinds of things. And it was very clear that what she was trying to get them to do was live in the moment and do what they were supposed to be doing in the moment know why they were doing it but they were struggling with it because they were so focused on how do I look Mm -hmm. and, you know, am I doing it right? And those kinds of things that Mm they're, they, that dual consciousness thing was they hadn't developed. It's Mm -hmm. not that they couldn't, but they were new to it. They were young. Yeah. And so that's, that training, and that discipline is, and, and then I also think what you said about directors, if a director is just one of those that's okay, you stand over here, and you stand over here and just moving people around like a chessboard. That's really not the art of it because that's not collaboration. They're not listening to the to the actors, which reminds mm-hmm. me of the scene in Tootsie again. But we'll stop talking about Tootsie. I think Tootsie's honestly, it's hilarious. Out. It's hilarious. His, 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 um, scenes where he's trying to act and oh, yeah. and arguing with the directors and <laughs> arguing with his agent and everything. Was Dabney just, Coleman
1: was yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's just so funny. Um, and I also, like you said, realism is the heightened, uh, important parts of life because I've been reading about that recently. So that's so interesting. Um, so anyway, that was kind of a setup question because in your field, creativity on the part of actors and directors is very clear. And so I was going to ask from an acting standpoint, where does creativity come in? And I think you answered that. Um, However, you've also done a great deal of directing and technical theater. So let's talk about the creative process there. For example, technical theater is not just building sets and carpentry and turning the lights Mm -hmm. on. (laughs) I have learned in my department how complicated the light things can be. Mm -hmm. Of course, artists often make things look simple when they surely aren't. And so we go and and enjoy the process, but there's a great deal behind it. Um, where does the creative process come into directing and set design at that end of it?
1: The creative process is a collaboration between all of your designers. You know, it's the director is where it starts, but the script is where it starts. Your creativity, your script is the blueprint for what you're doing. The script is not a play. A play is what happens on stage. A script is what's on the page. So this, it all starts with the script. It goes to the director, and then it goes to the designers, and then there's a collaboration between all of them. Um, and lights, by the way, are the most complicated. I'm still perplexed by lights. It's one of those elements that's very difficult because you say so much with the lighting. You can have a bad set and have great lights and make these this days look wonderful. And that's a part of a lot of theater I see that's neglected. They'll be like, oh, let's build a good set and, and we'll just light it with the lights that are up there. Um, not use gels and filters and colors and um, and it it's not good. You know, I don't care how good the play is if the lighting is off. Um, so it's a collaboration, but deciding what colors you're going to use, what theme, theme is huge. Do you know what your theme is? You know, do you know, is your theme, you know, is your theme um, uh, unrequited love? Um, is your theme uh, revenge is your theme and going with that theme, which is your kind of your umbrella of everything. And it builds out of that for doing, um, Othello, you know, understanding if you're going to go with revenge, if you're going to go with um, if you're going to go with jealousy, if you're going to go with you know, understanding what the theme is, and then from that you build out. Um, I saw a director one time, he did Othello, and it was a big spider web. It was the set was set up like a big spider web, and it was there was a clear distinction of theme. And then I've seen other things. I saw a production of Macbeth where the director cast all women as men and men as women. And uh, in, the, in the roles, the male roles were females and the female roles were men. And it didn't work because he didn't have a clear theme or know why he was doing it. They asked him why he was doing it. He said, well, there's a lot of beautiful women in this town. And I, and I was like, that's a terrible Reason. That was what he said in the anime. I can't
0: think of women in Macbeth being beautiful. That's not right. That's really not, the point. <laughs> and I thought there were
1: elements I love evil. Right. <laughs> and and I love the witches as males. There were parts of it that yeah. worked, but there was a lot of it that didn't work though. And not understanding theme. So from that umbrella of theme, you and the designers are get all on the same page. Um and the director decides the theme. Um, and once that theme is decided you all kind of go off into your perspective corners and work from there and build on that. And the lighting designer builds the color scheme, the, the movement of the lights, movement on the stage has a lot to do with it. And I'm not talking about movement of how the actors move. I'm talking about how time moves, how color moves. Everything has a rhythm and a tempo. Where is the rhythm and the tempo change? Where are the fills? Where are the, where is the silence so much understanding that so much on stage happens between the lines. Um the lines are a lot of time what gets in the way of the silence. Um and that's what happens with people too. Um and um so understanding how that's happening, how the movement on the stage. Anybody who's worked for me, who's worked with me can tell you I'm very selective where I put my silent moments, where I put the pauses, where I put those moments. Um because I feel like it has to move in a certain direction. And once the lighting designer and costume designer, props master and the set designer, all understand how the director wants the show to move, you can build movement on a set with nothing moving. It's just the, the, the contrast, how the contrast, the, 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 the lines, um, work together the curves work together um is movement so you all kind of create from those ideas there's a there's a, a million ways to go about doing it but um you always kind of acquiesce to the director what does he want um and you know i had an actor tell me one time it's a collaboration the director's not in charge like the director's absolutely in charge he's absolutely in charge um, but a good director collaborates and then he works with his actors. But he's the final say. So,
0: well, the buck has to stop, stop, stop somewhere, yeah. and so the actor's not the person who's going to get, um, you know, blamed if something goes wrong. Right. 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 And he's telling he's the storyteller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
1: so, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's
0: everybody. Chad, thank you for coming by today for this dialogue with creators. I appreciate your time, and I encourage the listeners to check out the Artistic Civic Theater of Dalton to learn more about it and its upcoming season.
1: Come see me. It's lonely over there. So come see me. (laughs) Okay.